It's taking the best of humanity, so in other words, the best of our most innate human desire, mm-hmm. called pleasure, and the best of technology. Hello and welcome to Good Sex, Bad Sex, a podcast from metro.co.uk. It's like a storm, but with a lot more wind. My name, my name is Bibi Lynch. <laughs> and I'm Miranda Kane. And coming up, we have the woman who puts sex in sex tech. Ooh. You're welcome. Hi, I'm Dominique Caretas, the CEO and co-founder of Healthy Pleasure Collective. BB, yeah. What what do you think of when you see the words or hear the words sex tech? Um, I think of robots mm. and um, the orgasmatron. <laughs> <laughs> and, now you're getting excited. I know one for the kids <laughs> <laughs> and um, and remote controlled vibes and stuff. Yeah, that's that's where my head's at. Where, where's your head at with it? Oh, uh, Pretty much the same, apart from the orgasmatron, because I'm not 52. <laughs> no, exactly the same. Like, sex robots, everyone's like, oh, where's the, where's the sexy robots? Um, but when I think of the remote control stuff, like, I think back in my era of remote controls vibrators is where they were literally on a string <laughs> and you know the vibe you could you could feel the vibe in the remote control it was like one of them cheap little cars you got from the pound shop and where was the remote control it was like a, a foot away yeah yeah, yeah exactly. you couldn't have it that much you couldn't tug on it otherwise the whole thing would come out so i for one i'm looking forward to hearing from our next guest yeah dominique carezos oh i love it when you speak what are you speaking ASMR. Oh. <laughs> Dominique Carrezos. Brilliant. Yay! <laughs> oh. Don't know how to introduce you because your CV is fantastic. Entrep- so I put entrepreneur and innovator of sex tech. D- that just seems like a little piddle in the ocean, though. You could just say the founder of Healthy Pleasure Collective, which is an agency for sex tech startups. Oh. Ah. I sit on the board of multiple sex tech brands. Okay. And an investor. <laughs> See? And Tom- a trier of all things that good. <laughs> <laughs> How are we spelling that? <laughs> I'll give you the, the verbal. I don't know. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> the automatic okay. P. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so let's start with the basics. Okay. What is sex tech? I love question. this question. It's a great question. <laughs> you know, I love this question. I hate this question. So let's give the, the, the nice simplified version. Okay. It's taking the best of humanity. So in other words, the best of our most innate human desire mm-hmm. called pleasure and the best of technology. And by technology, I mean anything that's going to facilitate next level or elevate the experience around pleasure. So it could be an app that has 16 different vibration settings. Mm -hmm. It could be ASMR, which is audio whispering. Please do not do it. It trickles down. It's like a panic attack in my clitoris. Oh, really? I hate it. Can you get a panic attack in your clitoris? I'm having one. All right, let's move on. I think because you went tiny bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> um, I'm sure there's a word for that, right? Panic attack for. <laughs> there should be um, anything from 
erotic audio. It could be gamification apps that help men control their climax. So the the reason I don't like the question is because I think majority of the time people don't understand the value that technology has in helping us understand the value that pleasure has in our life. So the the question is always, Dominique, do I need an app? Do I need technology? Why can't I just have a, a, a manual dildo? Like, why can't I just use one of the, and you can, the point is, do you have one handbag? Do you have one pair of shoes? Mm-hmm. Technology is an incredible tool to facilitate things like discovery, Discovery, exploration. Let's take something simple like um, let's take a, a, a vibrator that has an app, right, that you can decide wherever you press the app is where you'll feel the vibration. So in this case, it's like Mystery Vibe or let's say um, I think um, Unbound has the same and We Vibe has the same. Now imagine you could press the app and explore with your own genitals or erotic areas, Mm. or you could give the app to somebody else Mm. and they would say, how does this feel? Does this feel good? Or no, baby, Mad Max is a bit too, (laughs) which we're talking about earlier. It is there to teach us. It's there to nurture us and to provide education. We're not going to be able to talk about sex without talking about technology in the future. Anything that you do better is technology. So it could be the ergonomic shape of a product that has actually taken into consideration where our clitoris is, right? So it could be technology around an app. It could be technology around AI. So thinking for you, it could be technology that's not just tracking your ovaries, but saying, hey, you've had sex. Have you checked to have a pregnancy test? Or maybe you want to share with your partner via your Garmin watch that you are ovulating and perfect and ripe to have a baby, Mm -hmm. right? It could be anything. Think outside the box and technology will play a part. Technology helps us with menopause. Yeah. It's helping us create products that are therapeutic alternatives to taking hormones, gamified apps, an opportunity to move through a game while I'm controlling my climax. For men, that's hugely important because one of the most important questions we get from men is, how do I make my pleasure last for longer? Mm. How do I pleasure my partner for longer? They, They want products that help them please their partner for longer. Now, we could have conversations about how that's wrapped around ego, uh, social scripts about how men are taught to be lovers or to be physical. But that is what they ask. Just like women ask, why don't I, why don't I achieve an orgasm? Yeah. Brands like my Hexel, which deal with gamification apps or uh, products that are really talking to women, be it maybe a fertility app. That's that's watching your fertility or your menstrual cycle. Technology can be a materials. What is a gamification app? What is that? So a gamification app is there's a wonderful brand. I'm sh- uh, and sorry, I do refer to them because I'm sure lots of your your listeners will have maybe used the product. Um, so a pelvic therapy, for example, brand called LV. It has a lovely app, and it's literally like playing Candy Crush with your vagina. <laughs> you gotta you gotta hold, you gotta squeeze, and you gotta get the bubble up to get to the next level, and it helps. You concentrate because pelvic therapy is all about how hard you can grip, how long you can grip for. Yeah. And and lots of people, including myself, we all know we're gonna do pelvic therapy, right? But actually, eight out of ten women 
They don't know how to do it, right? It's like, oh, we all got to have multiple orgasms, but I don't know how to have an orgasm. Like, teach me how. Teach mm. me about my body. Give me tools, uh, education, knowledge, discovery, all these wonderful things. So gamification app is, uh, it could be where you're, it's a touch, touch sensation. It could be, I've got to go from one level to another level. So like in the case of my Hexel, it's done like on a, on space planets and you move from one to the next. And it's all about breathing and training the muscle and the stamina, which is more interactive and fun than maybe just seeing the medical penis phallic picture yeah. that says, you know, squeeze here and do this. So far more interactive and hopefully something that you would maybe even share with your partner if you wanted to or partners yeah. it's not something you have to do solo so yeah there's there's loads and uh, vr is another technology channel you know and vr is not just used for entertainment vr is also used for healing and for trauma so when we talk about the dark side of our industry when it's uh, you know sex trafficking or children that are being groomed we use vr as an opportunity to relearn and to treat an experience from an individual perspective because mm. Not everybody or every age can have the same dialogue around sex and sexual health. Yeah. Like how we talk to a six-year-old isn't how we talk to a 13-year-old. It isn't how we talk to a, a grown-ass woman like myself who's pushed a watermelon out of a pit bull. I mean, it's it's just not <laughs> the same. I, I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Was that too graphic? No. Sorry. <laughs> So you've got to, your VR allows you to change the narrative, oh, reshape yeah. the language, reshape yeah. the visuals, and it's also entertainment. Yeah. You know, this all sounds incredible and amazing and healthy and fabulous. It feels not detached, mm. but do you, do you know what I'm saying? It feels like it's, it's other than just physical. I'm so if, glad you said that. You're absolutely right. Because if you, if you look at, the population, while half of us, irrespective of what generation we come from, are all seeking for technology to, you know, fill a gap, whether it's work more efficiently, sexual health, whatever it might be. When it comes to sexuality, majority of us are actually looking for connection via the age old adage of touch. Mm -hmm. And we've lost the art of that. Yes, I could wax on and say technology can help you, but actually we need, we, we should not forget the starting point. And that is the physical touch and from how much health and value stems from that, whether it's touching your own skin, self-efficacy, far more important in coming first than even self-confidence, um, body positivity, just understanding and experiencing pleasure mm. from yourself first. So and I, don't, I don't just mean masturbation. I mean something is putting skin cream on yeah. your body, you know, taking the time to really appreciate touch. Mm. It's, it's huge and it's a big gap. And being in this industry, we always say we – we only want to be a part of those products or solutions that take the time to nurture and educate people rather than just provide a list of descriptions or labels, yeah. right? Because then we, 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 then we fall into sort of like the beauty industry a little bit too much. You know, nobody wants white whitening cream for their labia <laughs> we're just trying to dismantle taboos of you know you know from the 16th century and now we're now all going to be forced to have the the same you know color toned labia i mean it's just yeah it's so we've we've there is a fine line you're absolutely right um 
I'd like to say that there's great products and brands out there that are instilling that conversation. But actually, you won't necessarily find them in products, but you'll probably find them more in spaces like podcasts, mm. like talks. Mm. Um, you know, there's a lot in our collective that are doing a lot to, to teach that. And the, the collective, from what I've seen, because I met you at the Erica Lust event yes. where she was doing virtual reality porn. Yes. And it, for me, that event felt really hopeful and really great because it seemed to be very female dominated. And do you think that's something that within sex tech and that's why it's, it's more a communal feel because it feels like there's a lot more women yeah. in sex tech than 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 what I would than what normal people might imagine. Yes, I do. I think if you take the conversation from the beginning and you look at sexual health or sex tech, um, t- just five or ten years ago, this is a polarized market. You've got family planning in boots mm. and porn. Right. And and that's it. And then and only this is now moving into into sort of mainstream. I personally, I mean, I can't speak for a lot of people. I personally am not against porn. No. And I said it at Erica Lust. I said it's the, the idea that porn is still the only Bible of instructions. Yeah. So now that you see women leading this storyline, like Erica Lust and a few others, like Frolic Me and others, they are now giving us an opportunity for women to see that, you you know, you can still have BDSM and roping and all of these play playful in- entertainments, but in a more realistic uh, in situ environment. And it's hugely important. The problem is there's other players in our in our world that don't give us the spotlight so you know platforms like insta and facebook they shadow ban and then we're not able to get the story out there to say hey you know she doesn't have to in erica's lovely words be banged four times before she squirts a balloon out of her between her legs you know there are other ways to do this and there's other storylines and we have control over that narrative um so i think it's going to take a few more of erica lusts and a few more uh collectors getting together and sort of pushing this and some of the bigger platforms not being so misogynistic by banning words like vagina but allowing penis vagina museums have that issue yeah Yeah, yeah, it's so. I think that's where podcasts have a really, really strong um, vagina, 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 vagina. Is that you know? Right now, you 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 have a bit more freedom from doing this podcast. I've really thought everyone I've met in this community, it's such a thriving community, and it's such an interesting community, and that it seems evolving all the time, and that there's there's conversation all the time. I haven't actively been in many communities, so I don't know if that's across the board, but it feels to me that this is quite an unusual thing in this world. Is that a fair thing to say? It's been because we've had a lot of. We've had we have a lot of women on the podcast, yes. and so I think it's been sort of more because we're trying to push ourselves up, mm. and the more we support each other, the more sure. we say there's a woman yeah. in sex tech, there's yeah. a woman in porn, yeah. then the well, better it is for all of us. Maybe. I mean, we've been ignored for a couple of centuries, yeah. right? So you know, like I said, medical ignorance all the way to to social scripts that have dictated how we live. But yeah. I think, yeah, I think when you're in this space, you do find. I, well, I agree with you. I find it very positive and empowering. Um, when I step out of the space and I talk about sex and tech, sex tech in places like Giant Health or touch points, which don't normally still consider this a taboo talk, right? And they call it taboo talk just so that they can give it a title on the stage so that they can pass it by the big boss that says, yeah. can we talk about sex and tech? Um, when you start talking about those areas, either you realize, oh, our collective's really, really small. The, the, it's, you know, 
I used to say I could always make a room disappear uh, within a couple of seconds. People just had to ask me what I did, um, <laughs> including my partner who, when he first met me, just disappeared out the room when someone asked me. Um, but give, give people enough time. They'll always come back and they'll always ask a question. We are so curious and we're so hungry, irrespective of what gender we are. We're hungry for authentic, credible information, yeah. you know, a credible talk, authentic talk, supportive talk, because we haven't had it. We, and we don't necessarily have it all the time. And if we do, how do we, how do we determine which is credible and which isn't credible? You know, there's, you Google something today and you end up down every rabbit hole, Yeah, you know, so there's still not that consistency where if you were to ask anyone just off the bat on the side of the road, Hey, where do you go to find out about uh, sex. It'd be like Pornhub yeah, or something. Yeah. Exactly. There's still no, there's very few places where you can go and know that the content is credible and authentic and tailored to your life, you know. So it, yeah. it's coming and there's loads of innovation around it. So what is coming? What's happening? Yeah. Um, so AI, there's, there's companies coming out of the UK and uh, Israel um, where, you know, everything you want to know from every kink on the planet, uh, just your menstrual care, everything's tailored and curated for yourself. But again, a question mark, who's curating that? Yeah. Who's processing and filtering that information? Our industry doesn't have a regulatory body, which is a question mark. Um, things like, uh, like I said, on your watch, being able to take care of all your sexual health. Um, just uh, Pure Eros is a website that does, it's like exactly like the net-a-porte of, of feminine healthcare because it's designed like that. You you come in reading really authentic, credible information and then you have an option to go shopping. A little bit different to Love Honey where Love Honey, it's all sort of you Google Cockering and you've you've got fifty million versions. You know, <laughs> what is the difference between five ninety nine and fifty nine ninety nine? Like I don't understand. You know, and it's all very overwhelming. And uh, so you know, it's it's really again, it's important that brands come out and really understand who they're trying to sell products to. And don't get me wrong, I'm very grateful no. for the love honeys of the world because, like I said earlier, you know, we used to have to buy things down a, down a dark alley in a brown paper bag yeah. and now we don't. <laughs> yeah. You know. And things where they try to make it look like an actual penis with the veins and everything. Oh, yeah. Don't you love that with the, with the PVC jelly? Oh. We've moved on. And I can honestly say to you that the average human being who uses a vibrator or even just even wears a tampon understands that medical grade silicone and no PVC is yeah. what she wants, you know. Yeah. So, so brands that say, "Oh, we're like medical grade silicone," well, get on with it now. We've moved on. We understand. We don't want tips. See, that. we have moved on, right? And yeah, I we understand. Have. We have moved on. I did, I quite liked the paper bag alley setup. <laughs> I quite liked that, that was sexy <clears throat> and taboo. <laughs> is stuff to titillate, not educate, but titillate, being made a bit anodyne now? Again, a really good point. Maybe, um, maybe it's too medical. Maybe it's too health. Maybe it's too, uh, everyday. But I don't think we've lost those titillating. Um, I think just like the down the dark alley, you also have to, to understand that there are other worlds of play and entertainment. Mm. Uh, whether it's kink, whether it's, uh, you know, killing kittens, sex parties, so all, all of those. Yeah, that's all still there. Yeah. If someone had an idea for something like an app or something like oh that. Oh my God, I think Miranda's got an idea. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me, Miranda. <laughs> Where do you start? Is there... With like me. You're on, yeah. <laughs> you're on board. You know, you've, you're an entrepreneur and an innovator and you've gone, done all these things. Where would you start? If you went, do you know what? I've got an app 
for just something sexy yeah. where can someone start well, with that or? you know i say me jokingly but it's not me it's the team that works with me that's why we're a collective so yeah. if it's fundraising we have someone that can help with fundraising if it's technology then you come to us and we find you the right partner for technology but it could be anything from concept to pitch to product yeah. there isn't to be honest without you know i've have clearly lived in this country long enough because I'm not very comfortable, you know, sh shooting my own horn, but there is no other full service agency yeah. in the country. But ideas are great. The, the tough part in our industry is you can, there are a few accelerators, companies like accelerators where you can go with an idea and they will do exactly that. Accelerate your idea like an app all the way through to beta testing concept and then you'd have to do the rest like a fundraise yeah. if you wanted you wanted investors you'd have to launch you'd have to get it into the hands of customers and you have to understand your why it's a question i always ask people who have ideas and not every idea is a great idea yeah you know i get I get an you influx of ideas. Idea yet? Give her a chance. <laughs> no, no, I love an app. You're all right, Miranda. Are you okay? She's got dreams. Tell us your idea. Are oh, you allowed to tell us your idea? Not got a clue. Oh, okay. no. Someone needs to create a, a vibrator that doesn't just, you know, like clitoral sucking is like, you know, you've got, you know, the sucking um, sensation. Yeah. So a lot of the brands do that. Someone needs to do stroking. Like physical sure. sensation of stroking oh. for touch. There we go. Sure, I'm. I'm. Well, I'm quite busy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I've got time to stroke a bit. <laughs> Shit to do. Create the vibrator that <laughs> strokes you <laughs> and tickles. One that could tickle you to at sleep, you know, oh, afterwards. No, my that dad would be really wonderful. Oh, I don't want to bring my dad into the conversation. Oh, he used to tickle me. Oh, that got dark quickly. Yeah. But he used to tickle me till I'd nearly wet myself. Oh. You know, I mean, that's abuse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, um, healthy Pleasure Collective. Yes. <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Sorry, Pops. Um, what's the umbrella aim of Healthy Pleasure Collective? Is making sure that brands that will reposition pleasure as healthy come to market. And that could be anything from tech to therapeutic alternatives to toys to education, Ooh. kink. It could be anything. We take the time to always work with those that are authentic brands and they know their why. If you don't, it's it's just not going to work. It, it's not, you know, um, and it's time to reshape this this conversation. It's time that we accept that pleasure is healthy. And, you know, we could go down yeah. the whole medical conversation. It's healthy and it's happy and it's good for you. For your mental health Prove as well. Prove me as, wrong. Yeah. Well, Love Honey, we were talking about earlier, did yeah. the sexual happiness study yeah. and that was three quarters, was it? No, a third of people were saying that their mental health is yes. improved by sex. Yes, so any absolutely. Kind of, yeah. I mean, all those those lovely endorphins and, and, and you know, it's it, we've got to let go of the stigmas attached. Yeah. And when we as individuals make sure that we take control rolls out into motors of economic change and social change for ourselves. Mm. So any brand that helps a woman do that, you can ask what you want for in the bedroom. You can ask for what you want in the boardroom. <laughs> you can ask for what you want in a relationship, in a friendship, because your your self-efficacy is attached to you. Your value, validation is yourself yeah. and not the social scripts that we've all been taught so or, the, or the, 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 and you that's know. so basic. It is so but basic, so but difficult. think about, I mean, think about 
sex education. You know, boys were shown a picture of a penis, an entire torso. They were taught mm. about pleasure and orgasm and this this road to manhood. Yeah. We were given a bleeding uterus and an effing bloody warning sign that said, don't fall pregnant. Yeah. Beware. Yeah. Yeah, you know, we were told you're going to get periods. It's going to exactly. be painful. Um, they got so, pleasure. We got the pain. Exactly. Having said that, though, a friend of mine got a, a, a her friend's her daughter's ten, and they got a a questionnaire to fill out, and on there it had the conversation of an orgasm. And I just thought, are you just ticking the box of orgasm because you haven't explained the conversation about consent yeah. and self-efficacy and pleasure and masturbation? This is a big conversation. Yeah. It's a big dream, right? And it will happen, yeah. but it, there's lots of parts to talk about it. Do you wish you'd invented the orgasmatron? <laughs> Oh, my God. I don't know what the orgasmatron is. Oh, my God. Woody Allen. What's the film? Is it everything you wanted to know about sex? We're yes. We're afraid to ask. Yeah. Okay. We'll check that Okay. Out. Um, <laughs> is Brexit going to fuck up sex tech? I don't think Brexit's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have always said it's not going to happen. I probably this will be the end of my career because... My producer, producer Julia, I do have another producer. Please don't get upset. Um, he doesn't think it's going to happen. You know, all my clients are abroad. Oh. We see a lot of innovation come out of Germany, Spain, oh, the yeah. US. I have two here in the UK, but most of it comes from very different cultures and, and setups. Uh, so, uh, Singapore, uh, so even Southeast Asia, you know, parts yeah. of the world where you, these things can't, you know, vibrators can't be brought into the country. But that's where the need is, right? Yeah. That's where the issue is. So, so that's interesting. So in terms of um, innovation, how forward-thinking, sex tech-wise, is the UK? Yeesh. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, Again, oh there's, the, there's yeah. the snapshot there. There's um, the beginning of the podcast right there. Every, every culture, every culture has, again, social scripts. You know, in, in, in Spain, for example, while it's very liberal and loads of inf- innovation, if you want to buy a condom in a pharmacy, you've got to walk up to the counter and ask for the brand. Oh. So in that retrospect, you go, go to Boots, you've got a whole variety to choose from, right? Yeah. But Overall, I think we're we're pretty much on the on the repressed uh, level of innovation, and that's that's predominant not because of the consumer. That's because of investment. Oh. Okay, so when you're dealing with investment, yeah, we only as a whole as an industry we're only getting about two percent, right? And that's fem health tech, sex tech is like not coming, not, not, not. Because one is we sit in vice. So those like VCs won't touch it. Right. And the majority of who you're talking to is predominantly male. So if you're trying to convince someone to invest in a product like menopause, who's never, who cannot relate to that issue. Yeah. Unless the people in, in the decision, powerful decision-making people who say, yeah, sure, we'll invest a million because we understand what that, that means for, you know, 40% of the population of the world's population that actually has the wallet to spend it. Yeah. And with which 61% make every decision on the, between North America and Europe. But if he can't relate to menopause, he's not going to invest in it. So you can't go in there. I mean, I remember the first time I had to do a pitch for our very own product that we had. And I had this big picture of a clitoris and it had a diagram. And I gave it to a friend of mine who was in also sex tech and a VC. And I said, so what do you think of my idea? And she said, you are not going to go in with that image. You will lose everybody. No one's going to look at that image. But, But the product goes on there. Yeah. Like that's what I'm trying to tell them. Nope. So we have to navigate continuously in this space and position it as health 
or medical or femme or tech. And that's why I was saying earlier, sometimes I think sex tech was created just for it to be digestible. But that's an okay place to start. It is an okay place to to start. start. But without the investment, innovation doesn't come to the table. I'll tell you what, men will know about menopause if HRT is is delayed because because of Brexit. (laughs) (laughs) They'll be investing everything. I think there was a shortage at one stage to run out or something like that. Um, But yeah, I and, and you know even menopause, we know so little about it. Yeah. Such little research and development is done is done about it, and, yeah. um, and yet billions are invested into erectile dysfunction. Mm. Yeah, so you know if we had to stop all the investment going into erectile dysfunction, mm. I'm sure maybe we would have a little bit more attention. So, what's the um, future of sex tech? How far is it going to go? And can Miranda and I make money out of this? <laughs> oh yes. Um, so where's it going to go? Well, it's recession-proof. Sex is recession-proof. A little like toothpaste, really. Um, <laughs> where's it going to go? It'll go as – it's holistic. So it'll go as holistic as you want. It'll go as herbal as you want. It'll go as AI tech robot as you want. It really just depends where and how you're going to use it in your life. You know, it could be CBD oil in in uh, in – in lubricants to help you be more lubricated or deal with thrush, for example. Yeah. God, we've all been there having to buy canestin um, <laughs> across the boots' counter with the little old lady mm-hmm. who's going to tell you how to use it. Um, <laughs> I to, am here. To, <laughs> <laughs> to, you know, Harmony Sex Doll. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's everywhere. It will be whether your vibrator switches the lights on and the music and the fireplace at the same time via the app, yes, it can. This is what I mean. Uh, just spit on your finger. Go? This is what I say. Just thing. spit on your finger. Because that's what all the investors are saying. That's because, why there's no money in it. Because sex isn't going anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Sex is not going anywhere. And pleasure sells. is not going anywhere. <laughs> and it's there's a megawatt on the importance of pleasure. So we're not going anywhere. Unless – I think there was a uh, someone who was telling me about a movie called Something in the Maidens of Something where America goes back to like the 17th century and all the women the, have to – they just handmaidens the, or something yeah, and you just tale. are there for, yeah. for, for, for reproductive. I mean, unless we're going there, but even then – it's not going anywhere. Yeah. So when you talked about the vibrator and the lights, these lights dimmed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I attached it to my app. Well done, yeah. you. <laughs> the app what that Miranda's going to launch. <laughs> Thank, whatever it is, it's just ca- held you a cab. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wouldn't that be amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much Cabifying for climax. <laughs> no need for a tip. Oh, there we go. Oh, my God. Wow. That was so interesting. I love how, um, I'm going to say holistic. Yeah? Yeah. Right word? Yeah. Why not? <laughs> because it's not just, we, I think, well, I thought it was very, um, sex tech to me feels cold. Okay, yeah. And the way Dominic yeah. talks about it, it's not. It's, yeah. it's nurturing and it's educational and it's um, the future and the present. And I really like what she was saying as well about that it's still, you still start from touch. That's yeah. still the, the, the bottom line with it. And it's, it's only going to get bigger and better. Yeah. And so, you know, when we've talked about this before, when we've spoken to other sex toy, spoken to sex toy manufacturers, which is, you know, if you could think of what the next thing could be, you'd be a billionaire. Yeah. And I don't know about you, but now I feel like that's a challenge. 
<laughs> I think we could. We're, how long have we done this sodding podcast? We should be able to come up with something by now. I think finding a penis would be easier. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. I mean, we've failed at that, haven't we? Um, my name is BB Lynch. I'm Miranda Kay. Good Sex, Bad Sex was produced by Juliet Nichols for Metro.co.uk. Whatever, Sam Bonner. Why is he done? He's just fucked off. Yay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean it's Sam. You can get in touch with us on Twitter at Good Sex, Bad Sex with the triple X at the end. And if you have a sexy question or a query or topic you'd like us to cover or someone you think we should interview, that'd be quite nice. Mm-hmm. Get in touch. Info at sexpod.co.uk. And we will see you next week. Ta-ta. Hold up. 